Welcome to the Propane Business Podcast. I'm Johnny. And I'm Yusuf. We set up and built propanefitness.com into the profitable semi-automated system that it is today, which allowed us to quit our corporate jobs and coach online full-time. More importantly, we were able to do this without a huge online audience or being glued to social media every day. We're now ready to share everything from the failures we've made to the systems that now consistently generate hundreds of thousands in revenue. We help personal trainers, coaches, and gym owners do the same by avoiding the mistakes we've made and the best practices going forward. Subscribe to this podcast to learn what we're doing and what we've done to build and scale propanefitness.com. We'll be teaching you how to generate a steady flow of online clients, win at Facebook ads, automate your coaching systems, and to achieve financial independence. Any income that you move into or use in the UK? At what point are you just fully a citizen of Dubai and you've said goodbye to the UK? I think you go there and you, everything you earn is there and you, like, you live there and you spend your money there. Mm. It's pretty, it's, I think it's, it, I mean, when I learned all the rules for it, it'll be, those rules will be outdated, but it was pretty complicated then. Um, there you go. Mm. It's quite hot over there as well. Bit wham. Bit wham. Bit George Michael. Um, what do you think of the vaccine program? In Dubai? In the it, UK? Like, how well it's going? Mm. I think it's okay. Um, I can see why they suspended the rollout for the Oxford one in certain countries. But I think realistically... Clotting. Yeah, but the the disease itself causes clotting disorders. So, like, and, and in higher rates as well. So I think it's kind of picky poison. Was the, the clotting that, rate not the same as, like, the normal clotting rate? Th- this is what you've got to look at. Yeah, so in the green book, some people are like, oh, but there's, like, five reported cases of blindness out of 400,000 or something. And you're like, well... If you look at a normal sample of four hundred thousand people, probably There's seven of them are blind. People who are blind. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a difficulty, isn't it? Because like you're giving something to everybody, and then everything that happens to everybody <laughs> is then seen as being like part of the the cause of. Because like, I, I mean, when was the last time that you can say universally that like everyone in the world population is going to be at least offered at some point something? like this that's new that was developed less than two years ago yeah i think it's unprecedented isn't it the there's a few interesting features that are coming out so and i don't know how to reconcile these two i guess we've just got to see what happens with the data but there was a study that showed that um 80 of people or 90 percent of people i think in the uk have covid related antibodies so that either means pre-existing immunity or past infection not sure. But then if you look at people who have had COVID, the disease, seven months later, I think 70% of them still have some symptoms from it, whether that's fatigue or um, sleep disturbance, anxiety, clotting disorders, cough, breathlessness. Like, so there's quite a lot of things that people have as lingering symptoms. So that's rubbish. It is pretty rubbish. And it, and those are above the baseline. So again, like, if you look at a cross-section of people, because the, the first study was in Wuhan when they looked at the long-term symptoms and they were like, oh, 65% of people have anxiety slash depression in Wuhan post 
thing and you're like well yeah but also if you're living in wuhan locked down boarded into your house you're probably going to be more anxious so yeah (laughs) um but it was still above the baseline levels so we can't explain it fully from lockdowns so as in it the the anxiety rose post vaccination program but maybe it's just because people are worried about the vaccine and then they see a news headline saying that like vaccine causes anxiety and then what does that do well anxiety yeah there we go it's just (laughs) yeah it's such a weird but it's just amazing i think like in spite of the like take away the the potential problems and the the things that have been happening that something has been created and rolled out so quickly is just the logistics of that are mind-boggling just how hard that stuff is to synthesize and create as well loads of it isn't it yeah loads of the stuff (laughs) so i had my second dose last week oh have you um so now i'm captain invincible that's great do you just Um, run down the street naked without waving your hands in the air yeah exactly licking people (laughs) licking people no mask just being like oh it's fine guys i'm i'm vaccinated so could you could you tell that you had some like did you wake up the next day and think like god so the first dose i felt I felt fine. Um, I had a slightly sore arm as if I'd done like five sets of lateral raises on the left arm. Okay. Just like a couple more sets than I'm used to. Mm-hmm. Um, the second dose that on the day I had the vaccine, I was like, Oh sweet. Like I'm feeling fine. I think I've slipped through the net on this one. But then the next day when I woke up, I felt a bit feverish. Right. But not enough to not to, to go home from work, but. Okay. So, but a bit ropey bit ropey yeah that's the that's the best way to describe it it's so strange isn't it it's so like i think the i was saying this to becca like i I really want to the thing i'm most intrigued by is like whether it affects bar velocity you know like will it affect like will i be able to see it in all the things i track like will i be able to go like there was the day when things were outside of normal range I think with the level of data that you track, yes. And, um, you know, people in people listening, like if you want to hear more about the, the level of data that Johnny tracks and our philosophy towards it, then it's about five episodes back. Great. At some point in in podcast land in the past, I had a, a moment yesterday where all of the data I've collected served it finally came to fruition like it was the moment where it was like i'm so glad i collected all this data i had to do a single at an rpe8 and so i loaded the single at an rpe8 into the software that i use that mike gives me and it was like 245 and i was like bollocks there's no way i'm going to be able to lift 245 at, at the because i know the bar speed it's supposed to be yeah squat i know the bar speed it's supposed to be and and what it, what it has to look like so I was like, no, no, that's wrong. I'm going to, I even started thinking like, I'm going to tell Mike, like, I think this is off. Did 240 too fast. It's like, and I like racked the bar and it just, you can see me like rolling my eyes and going like, of course. So <laughs> put 245 on and it was 0.01 meters per second off what it should have been for an RPE 8. So there's just all these things, like all this. It was a centimeter per second off. Yeah. Well, it's... Yeah. Yeah. That's ridiculous. 
So it's just all the data I've collected. It's now like the bar speed tracker and the software literally know more about what I'm capable of at any given time than me. You're, you're teaching the software, it's teaching you. It ends well, no, up. I, I think I've now taught the software. And now it knows more. It knows more. Well, and- it does. Like, even up to 230 kilos, I thought I was right and the software was wrong. So you got schooled by the software? By regression analysis and software. (laughs) (laughs) Just shows if you give something a lot of data over time, it tends to be fairly good at predicting things. Well, you do the same thing, now with um, the the online PTs that we work with and their conversion rates, like you can identify based on the massive data we've had in the past, how well someone's sales process is going to work and what needs to be fixed. Yeah. Pretty scary. It is terrifying. Sometimes I can't sleep because of it. So what we have today is the tribe of mentors questions. Yeah. This was a series of um, questions that Tim Ferriss asks some of his big dick guests and has compiled into a, a cheeky book, um, which is just a compilation of the answers to these questions. And they're, they're actually they're very good questions. We answered them a few years ago on the fitness podcast. And honestly, it turned out to be, I think, the best episode that we'd recorded on that. So I'm just trying to find when we did it. Can you remember? Oh, I think it was around turn of the year, maybe 2018. So what we thought we would do while Johnny's looking for that. When you get, you cause your own problems by recording too many podcasts. This is it. You know what? You're just going to Google it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm going to use Spotify. Wow. Okay. So we thought we would revisit those questions now that we are older, wiser, better. It's not found. Not found. I had what, it a second What ago. would be really interesting now, right? So everyone's been listening to how long I've been trying. You start trying now. Okay. It's loading. And 17th of February, 2019. See that? So I try and communicate this with people when I speak to them. <laughs> that watching Yusuf use technology is, it's just humiliating. (laughs) (laughs) Because that, like, I really tried there. So, like, I started off on my podcast app on my phone. I thought, oh, it'll be easy to find. Then I tried the the web podcast app, the the iOS podcast app. Then I tried Spotify. What did you do? I typed in Alfred, BM, Tribe Mentors. And in my browser history, we've got the propane propane article with that particular one. So th- this is what I mean by, by like, I wish that, because out of that action, that took, say, what, six, seven seconds? Two seconds of it was my input, and then the, the majority of it was waiting for the page to load. I see. So if, if the internet just became snappy. Now I realise why you wanted the Mac with the M1 chip. <laughs> Because there's two, there's two things that happened there. One of them, three things. One of them is you knowing where to look. So you thinking, like, I have all of these things available to me. The most efficient route is this. The next one is, is actually having the tools that facilitate that. And then the third one is, like, training those tools to be able to 
like setting those things up because you've got alpha and you've got all these things available to you, but you keyed them in such a way that it's this finely tuned thing that you just have. There's like you typed what like seven letters into. Um, yeah. The the thing that is is so strange about this is because I feel like on the spectrum because I I've tried coding and it's really hard and I like I didn't have the patience for it, but that's kind of one end of the computer literacy spectrum. The other end is like being able to do basic things really well, which is the bottom of the Tiago Forte pyramid. It's using Alfred, it's conversant, being conversant with emails and auto text and all that stuff. Now, I feel like I'm pretty good at that side of things. Um, but you rarely see coders that have that. And it boggles my mind because you'd think that they would be the people who are the best at looking at like a series of parameters and saying, okay, what's the fastest route here? And instead, it's like a global cultural thing and i spoke to a coder about this a a few weeks ago where it's almost the same as like well back in my day i had to crawl through barbed wire to get to school and we had to use cardboard and so i'm you know it's that kind of like well i had to suffer so i'm gonna do it the the boring hard way and it's just kind of masochistic so i think i fear the man who is very good at coding but also leverages these like instant search tools really well so things like being able to search in line on stack overflow or search the documentation for for code within alfred like because coders just seem to do it the hard way and it's it's not the hard way in the sense that it's like the more rigorous better way it's just the needlessly hard way because once you've decided this is what i need to search for any delay between that decision and the information being in front of you doesn't help. It's also an opening for procrastination. Procrastination. And that's yeah. that's the big one. So many times, and I'm still so subject to it, where like you you open a thing or something's loading and then you go, ah, oh, I'm just going to turn away for a second. <laughs> and then yeah. before you know it, you've you've gone through the, the cycle of, let me just check WhatsApp, Facebook, Telegram, Twitter, Instagram. Oh, oh, what's this? Oh, who's Back to Facebook? That, that person. And then thirty minutes later, you go, "Oh yeah, I was doing that." Yeah. Awful. I was waiting for that to load. Oh, it's loaded now. Oh, I need to refresh it again. Oh, but and then. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's um. But I, I think you, you are in a there's a because like you and I have had this argument back and forth a lot of times that like having being able to do things faster doesn't help if you. Firstly, I don't have the, what do I need to do? And also how to then use the tools in the first place. Or even thinking like, I have these 10 things, this is the best thing to use of the of the collection. Because I think the average, the average person using something like Alfred, it's not necessarily going to help. Yeah, they, they have to learn the... the... It, it's hard to identify because you'd have to just have someone sit and watch them and be like, right, you know, wrong? and the, I suppose the best way is to apply the same eye that you would apply to like watching your mom Google something and you'd be like, no mom, stop that. You don't, don't click on the little arrow and you don't have to type HTTP colon forward. Um, so it's, it's applying that and then saying, right, where am I doing that? in my own life and maybe the best way is to find a gen is it gen z gen x 
the f- finder like whoever's younger than the millennials to just sit and watch you use a computer. Although there's an argument to say we're actually the most computer literate group of like between boomers, millennials, Gen Z or whatever, because the youngest ones right now don't really know the like the in-depth stuff that because all they're used to is like Snapchat and TikTok. Well, mobile devices. Mm. Which there's, is- a, there's an age group of people who like, so you and I probably from a fairly young age had a laptop because like you couldn't have a, you couldn't have an iPad and you could, your phone wasn't capable of doing the stuff yeah. that it's capable of doing. Have, like, you didn't have a snake. browser. Yeah. Phones didn't have browsers or like apps. There was snake and a calculator and I suppose they are technically apps, but they're programs for programs for basic people, whatever Anton says. But yeah, so like we, we probably both used computers earlier than the average person uses them now. And then you just develop a, a literacy. But yeah, I mean, we could talk about this for hours. It's because dopamine's it's really, become cheaper. really good with computers. <laughs> well, uh, as dopamine's become cheaper and commoditized, it's now become... So when we, when we were at school, and a lot of people listening probably like... When you were like, I don't know, 11 in school and you would type boobies into the calculator and it was the best banter that you could have at school. <laughs> like the top that, level. Yeah. Weapons grade banter. Like that, that was the kind of cheapest dopamine available at the time. Whereas now yeah. that's superseded by like some, someone dancing on TikTok or something that's more readily accessible. The kind of internet equivalent of candy floss yeah well phones are just a black hole of dopamine spike aren't they like it because you went i mean it there's so you could literally access anything you wanted on your phone pretty much in terms of image video or online material like there's very little you can't do on your phone and it's at your fingertips and if you just watch someone standing somewhere waiting for somebody nine times out of ten they're on their phone it's very, if, if someone's just standing there going, just bl- blank expression waiting, it looks strange. You think like, that's odd. Yeah, it looks suspicious, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Like people start calling people, calling the police to report suspicious activity because there's a, there's a bloke over there just sat on the bench, not doing anything. <laughs> <laughs> maybe anyway. His, maybe his phone's run out of battery. Yeah, bless him. <laughs> I'll go over and give him, give him my portable charger. <laughs> are we going to do these questions yeah let's do it i mean what an intro the, the funny thing is like a lot of people will be thinking you guys have like here you are bragging about you like how quickly you could find the questions and then wasted the next 20 minutes like <laughs> yeah but it's very it's very on purpose though isn't it mm. it's all for the for well, the if we, if we say it's on purpose no one can prove otherwise so <laughs> What is the book or books you've gifted most, you've given most as a gift and why? And then, or what are the three books that have most greatly influenced your life? I've recently gifted Atomic Habits to my girlfriend and she loved it. Um, She she was slightly annoyed that um, James Clear basically ripped off whoever the, original researcher 
in Habits was. Um, Charles Duhigg. Well, he was the it? original writer, The Power of Habit. Possibly. There'll uh, be someone before him. It's yeah. Our whole pursuit with any reading is to find the guy at the top of the mountain who originated all of these all of the self-help stuff like first we thought it was tony robbins but we were like, oh no he was taught by like dean jackson and oh no dean jackson was taught by so it's it's finding the original wise man at the top of the or woman isn't it like napoleon the- hill or something or like you know like the really old school books that still talk about a lot of the same principles and then people just rip them off over and over again yeah napoleon hill and dale carnegie were like i think they're underrated as writers that people don't like them because it, they they write in very old school speak mm. with a lot of kind of Christianity references and stuff, but the principles are the same. So power of habit for you. What about the uh, books that have influenced you the most? I think so probably the answers to this are going to be the same, you know, as the, I, which I, I think they will. So yeah, the, the one, the other one I've gifted a lot is the way of the superior man by David yeah. Dada. Yeah. Which if you've made it through a podcast involving me and I've not mentioned it <laughs> and, <laughs> and well done. <laughs> But you know the most interesting thing about it. So, when was when was the date? Twenty eighteen, May twenty eighteen. Did you say we did this last? Twenty nineteen, February twenty nineteen. Okay. Yeah. All right. So it's not that long ago. But the the fact that in that time we've not come across any material that surpasses that stuff. I don't. I don't know what that says about us or about books or about advice or information. But just that, like, it feeds back into the idea that you already have all the stuff you need. You already have all the information you need. It's just actioning that consistently. Yeah, the, the, there's always. I mean, I've I've read some great books in the meantime, but at the end of the day, e- even if I'd read them earlier and actioned them, life still would. You know, you 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 still would have upgraded your life quite a lot, maybe in a slightly different direction. But I think if you can, what it's the same as picking a training program, isn't it? Like rather than trying to find the best program and spending three years doing that, just pick one that's good enough and will if you put the work in will take you to your goal yeah and you won't be too displeased with the result you'll be like oh no i've built loads of amazing productive habits now but actually i was more interested you know you're not going to be like yeah so i think i can't i can't even remember what i originally said i think atomic habits is what i, I always come back to like the books that are operating systems so the books that's not because so many books are a single idea that's 300 pages long and the idea is great but if you don't have the kind of the platform for that idea to be useful it's kind of useless in and of itself so um probably more than i i first tried to read getting things done by david allen in 2013 i downloaded the pdf of the original book and tried to read it and just thought this is too, this is ridiculous. This is too complicated. Thought I needed to like action it in literal sense. So I bought like folders and files and label and label makers and, and all this sort of stuff to try and set it up properly and missed the missed like what he was really trying to say, which was basically it's summarized by like the workflow diagram that he, that he covers in, in one of the pages of the book that a lot of people circulate these days. Um, He's now made up-to-date versions of all the material and, and has like implementation guides for all of the most used apps. But I think that book, or I should say like that process, if you really do just 
say, okay, this is my self-organization method. This is how I just organize all of my incoming stuff. It's that gives you this foundation to like even have a list of books you can read, for example, or, you know, it's, it's the organization system that the software that allows everything else to be relevant. And, and this is how you should select a book as well. I think is, is like, is the key principle something that is timeless and the individual application of it? Yeah, that can change, but of course it's going to. So Mm -hmm. as you said with Napoleon Hill or Dale Carnegie or whatever, like the fundamental principles. So of Dale Carnegie, it's about like, having genuine interest in other people, smiling, engaging properly, um, like it's just stuff that's like very kind of, it seems obvious just because all the self-help books since then have rehashed it. But at the time it was groundbreaking. With Napoleon Hill or Psycho-Cybernetics, it's about like your thoughts create your reality. Um, with David Allen, it's like you need to it's not about how to get things done as much as possible, how to tick off items off your to-do list, but it's correct engagement with the task that you're doing, doing what you're doing and not doing what you're not doing and being fully at peace with that. Um, You know, when you're writing an article, not having in the back of your mind that I should be doing this other thing or feeling the weight of all the other stuff because you, you have it in a system. And then the details of that, yeah, at the time it's, it was folders and sheets, but whatever software you use, in your case now it's OmniFocus, like probably didn't exist when he first wrote his book. No, it didn't. Yeah, it didn't. Um, Cause he was literally talking about, he, he says like you need a list manager because all OmniFocus is, is it's lists. It's ways of organizing lists of things and, and, and single actions. And it's about having like different filters and views. And I think you're completely right. It all comes down to what is the, totality of everything that i have going on like all of my commitments and things i've said i'll do and reminders i need to remember and instead of thinking i'm going to have that in my head i'm going to have it in something external but i can't look at all of it at once because that's ridiculous so i need then windows and filters that are relevant at the time or the context to help me make good decisions so if i'm going to sit down and which is why like we disagreed about the alfred stuff for a long time because my thing is like well if someone just sits down on their laptop and they're just really quick at grabbing things that aren't the best thing to do, it doesn't help. Yeah. If you sit down, yeah. But but if you have all of the the background stuff in place and you know, like I have an hour and this is the highest leverage thing for me to do. And then you're using Alfred within that context. That's when you become a a very scary person. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And, and that's, that's the David Allen approach of, full engagement with the task that you're doing because as you said if most people have their entire to-do list held in their brain while doing anything you're never going to be fully engaged and so no matter how many productivity hacks and things you lay on top of it you at the fundamental level you're not engaging fully with the task that you're doing yeah and then you're stressed out and it's the mind like water principle isn't it that like you like someone throws something at you and you react appropriately to it and then go back to still Oh. Rather than someone throws something at you and you're like, whoa, <laughs> like being a tumble, tumble dry. Oh, so lovely. Kind of cheated that, I suppose. Well, I think what probably it's it would be hard for me to ignore the effect of getting things done because even like I don't think it's relevant to have like a morning journaling habit or a meditation habit if everything's just in chaos. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you've exactly. got just you're forgetting another stuff thing all the time. Do. Yeah. Um, um, whereas having like the having things in order mentally 
and physically. Massive help. So there's two more books on that question. One of them I haven't gifted to anyone, but it's been gifted to me, which is written by, or it was recommended by the CEO of Shopify, and it's called The Courage to be Disliked, um, which is a, I think the title's kind of a mismatch with what it is, but it, it goes over the basic theories of Alfred Adler, who is, or Al, is it Albert Adler, the, the the psychologist who was one of the um, colleagues of Freud and Jung. Okay. So people say he's a contemporary of Freud, but he's actually like, he was a colleague basically. And his approach was at odds with Freud. So the standard model is that trauma produces changes in our behavior and reactive tendencies and coping strategies. And that's what affects our behavior. Whereas Adler was saying the opposite. He was saying, actually, we define our goals and then we create our behavior to, to suit those goals. So it's a subtle difference. But one of them is saying like something traumatic happened to you in the, in the past, which meant that you've now become fearful of other people or an introvert or whatever it is. Adler will say that you define the goal ahead of time and then you adopt the behaviors and things to kind of match that. So, and, and it's it's written as a conversation between two people. So you have like someone who says, oh, people, people don't like me and, you know, they, um, I feel humiliated by people and, and whatever. And, it, and I've got low self-esteem and the guy's like, well, is that like, is that true? Like, have you, why is that? And he's like, oh, it's because I've got no redeeming characteristics. And he's like, well, that can't be true. Like you, you can't have zero redeeming characteristics as a person. What you've done is you've chosen to remain safe and that's your goal. That's your first, that's the step one. And therefore you've created a personality that is repulsive so that other people, so that you can reject yourself before other people do. So you can get in there first. Right. So that you no longer have to be vulnerable. It's, it's quite a cool concept. And he goes over all these different CEO of Shopify recommends that book. So the, the, the other example in terms of success was like, you get, you meet people who are dreamers. They're always like about to set up some big Mm -hmm. business and, oh, I've got the big plans, but they never make any steps towards it because they know that if they live in the land of, of dreams and, um, high hopes, then they can never fail. But as soon as they actually have to go out and do that, then they run the risk of failing. And you've always got this excitement for the thing that's maybe going to happen. Whereas if you know it can't happen, the excitement disappears. And that thing of like talking about achieving something prior to achieving it for a lot of people is the same or greater than the dopamine hit of. So even like talking about the achievement is greater than the reward of achieving the achievement internally. Scary. You see that a lot. Yeah. Yeah. So it was, yeah, it was one to three books that had greatly influenced your life or what is the book you've been, you've given the most as a gift and why? Um, so I think we've answered that question. There are 11 questions, so I'm aware that we need to... We need to bash through keep, them. Keep a certain pace. Hey guys, I just wanted to jump on here quickly and tell you a bit about my experience working with the guys at Propane. So earlier this year, I decided to transition career to online coaching, um, but honestly had no idea where to begin. I thought I needed 
to have a couple of thousand followers on Instagram, uh, be posting on social media every day. And that was basically the way to be a successful online coach. But I am so glad that I found the Propane Business course. And when I had the opportunity to do it, I jumped straight on it. And it, it's, it's honestly been a godsend. I would be lost without it. Um, Johnny and Yusuf basically show you how to build an online fitness business from scratch or anywhere where you are in your journey. Um, they give you all the tools and the knowledge that you need to succeed as an online coach. Um, and you know, without them, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have even thought of some of the things that they teach you how to do. So it, it's, it's been amazing. And after just a few months of working with them, I am ready to quit my full time job, um, and fully transition, uh, into online coaching, which I am really excited about. And I'm, I'm really excited to apply everything that they've, they've taught me and, and see where I can take my business. So if you are on the fence about doing this, I know it's a big investment and it, it seems quite scary, but it is 100% worth it. You will uh, make all the money back. You will get so much out of it. Um, and yeah, I definitely recommend. Um, what purchase of $100 or pounds or less? Has mostly as most positively impacted your life in the last six months or in recent memory. I can have a, had a guess at I can ha hazard a guess at yours. In fact, should we try and guess each other's? <laughs> God, I think uh, it was probably the Soda Stream. I know that's been a while ago now. Yeah. It's a hard limit to, I, I can't think what yours would be. Like I would have said like uh, the slow cooker or something, but that's, is that what you're going to say? Uh, yeah. So I, <laughs> I think the instant pot, which is a kind of, it's a slow cooker, pressure cooker, whatever. You can just bung in like a whole chicken with some white wine and rosemary. And within 20 minutes, it's just like falling off the bone. Like it's, it's all the speed of a slow cooker, but uh, sorry, all all the the, the taste of without there. Yeah, yeah. I feel um, like I want to say OmniFocus. I don't know, I'm a bit turning it like a broken record, but <laughs> it's just because it's a it's a single payment. It's about I think it's about sixty quid, and it's had a great impact on you. I, I do like that it's a single, once and done purchase. I, I have seen a transformation in you in your capture ability. Like you're now, because it used to be pre pre OmniFocus, things would slip through your net. Things still well, do. Things still do. It's a it's a it's a skill that I think you have always said you need a solid capture process, and I I think it's because I didn't trust where I was putting. I didn't trust where I was capturing things very much. Mm -hmm. But now I have the trust. It's like I know I can just throw things into it, and it's not just getting. I'm not just building a bigger and bigger list. Well, if you've seen our productivity series, you'll know that everything is split into capture review and do and everyone has a a weakness in one of those three points for me it's review like my, my review process is is very weak um, i'm great at capture probably too good because i end up just accumulating i don't think you can be too good <laughs> so i well, don't think there's, there's such a thing as capturing too many things it's just but like you're right if you have if you have capture turned up to a 10 and then review turned down to a one, you end up with this accumulating list of irrelevant things. Even if is, your do is very good, because you end up just doing... Just, 
you have no you have no filter in place of what you're going to do (laughs) the the other thing for me which is probably not i mean it's more than a hundred dollars but it's the mihai sauna blanket right was that like 300 ish 300 yeah but pretty good like one-off purchase though and then it's that's it you've just got that now anyone i've recommended it to absolutely loves it i've done a a video review of the kind of the science behind it but it's just a it's an infrared sauna for someone who doesn't have the space or the time or, or the the sorry space or the money for a, a proper infrared sauna so it's like a sleeping bag and it has a heating element on the front and back deepens your meditation you feel amazing you get all the benefits of like heat and then you can jump in a cold shower afterwards and have a kind of contrast pretty good so my, like the chili pad for me um there's, there's literally not been a night that I've not used it since wow. I bought it, which I think was, I think it'll be six months ago now when I bought it. Yeah. So much so that my, my girlfriend now has one as well. Um, you're I mean, it's, it's more, you're totally right about it. Like, if you're going to spend on anything, it should be something that you sleep on. Yeah. I spend more. So Alex and I were talking about this the other day. So as a... This is a bit of a tangent, but there's a program we're in where they they ran a Q&A call that lasted five hours. So they ran a support call for their clients, which lasted five hours. And Alex and I were talking about, like, how many things do you do where you do one thing for five hours? Like, it's pretty rare that you'll just have a single focus point for five hours. The only thing that is that is sleeping. For me, anyway, like on a daily basis, I spend a chunk of time seven to eight hours in my bed <laughs> so like investing in something that goes into that thing that i spend eight hours in like if anything it's crazy that people don't have like really extravagant really advanced beds like people have a really expensive car and a shit bed i'd love to see if there's any correlations that you can see with if you took the ratio of amount spent on car amount spent on bed for for different people and look at personality traits and outcome measures and all that stuff for those people and plot it on a graph it would probably give you some pretty interesting results yeah i think the thing i've learned over the last over lockdown so i've just not had an alarm and i've just slept to like a a rough schedule but i've been getting like eight hours roughly a night for i think the first time in my life the multiplier impact of that on a day is just unmatched by anything like forget meditation forget like cold cold shower and dietary change like if you just have a deep restful night of sleep you just everything's better everything's better so it is such an important thing i know that sounds like such an old person thing to say doesn't it like get your eight hours of sleep but really honestly like it's um I mean, when you hear, like, you hear Jeff Bezos say he prioritizes eight hours of sleep a night, you think, okay. It's why I've got so much respect for people that have young kids, because it's just an absolute, like, someone's just thrown in a cat amongst the pigeons into your life. You can't do anything about it, can you? You can't just, like, oh, I'm just going to sleep through it. Like, you have to get up. And it's always (laughs) like, no, my knees are wee. (laughs) (laughs) Well, when it's even in the phases where it's not in... Spoken communication, it's pre-verbal. It's just, it, yeah, just interpreting noise. Like, is that we? Might be. 
What might you be try, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you have to run through an algorithm like change nappy, try feeding. I've got sore nipples. Um, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so both of those things were, um, interestingly, uh, well, OmniFocus, SonaStream, I think, is one. Because like once you've got that, you just never need to buy a fizzy water again. A fizzy water is great. And anyone who disagrees is wrong. Uh, Instant Pot, which is nutritional. And then both of them were like rest recovery related. So the sauna, the chili pad, it's all about like recuperation. Yeah, that's true. So How has... Sorry, we were... We were oh no, go ahead. How has failure or apparent failure set you up for later success? Do you have a favorite failure of yours? I think our entire business models are based on our failures. So propane fitness and more recently propane business, which is helping you guys avoid the the business mistakes we made as well as the fitness mistakes are all just like us documenting what we, what we did, what we got wrong and then what we fixed to get it right. Um, and I think I would encourage anyone to, if you know, to just document what you're doing and you're going to be a few chapters ahead of your audience. And so if you can turn that into content, it's the best way. So I think any of our content is our favorite failures. Is our favorite failure. So I think the, the approach we both have, I think both of us in certain areas, slightly more than the other, but we both relentlessly experiment with things. So I think the thing I'm most glad for across my entire life is that I've been through periods of time where I just fully threw myself into experimenting with something just because it might have worked. Because <laughs> like my my average morning, day, work day, like doesn't involve that many things anymore. Like I don't have many habits or things that I do, but I'm I'm only at that point because I've tried all of the stuff because I went through periods of like, I think this is the thing, or we think this is the funnel, or we think this is the approach. And when you try it and you like give it a real shot and you think it's a thing at the time, realize that it's not much or not all it's cracked up to be. And actually it's just the basic stuff done consistently, but you can, you can be okay with just doing the basic stuff consistently because you've tried all the other stuff. That's it. I mean, we've tried in, in terms of physical stuff, we've tried low volume, high volume, high intensity, low intensity, like loads of cardio, no cardio, fasting at all different kind of protocols keto low fat alternate day fasting intermittent fasting um no fap wim hof uh what else like i think most things that are that dog crap across our dog crap yeah most things that came across our desk as a you heard of this one of us has tried <laughs> By, I mean, you, you tried polyphasic sleeping for a while as well. I, that was brutal. Brutal. <laughs> and we also have a client who tried that, who, like, I remember speaking to him at the start of the experiment, he was doing it, and then towards the end, and towards the end, he was just like, yeah, I can't do this. Horrendous. But bus- business as well tried, I think, every funnel. I think every, so there's a book called Traffic Secrets, which is written by Russell Brunson, where he documents all of the possible funnels. Every single one of them we've tried with quite quite a lot of ad spend and time. Varying degrees of success, yeah. Yeah. Um, 
so I think that's yeah. And then with yeah, because with like there's the stuff that both of us have tried for productivity and personal development that like at the time was a really good idea. Um and you probably never do it again, but I, we're both glad that we did it because now we don't have to. Like now the temptation's gone. If you could have a gigantic billboard anywhere with anything on it, what would it say and why? Such a hard question. So I, I think I know my answer to this and it's something that you, I think you said to me <laughs> very, very recently, um, which is interlinked very tightly with um, what we've just spoken about. And I can't remember exactly how you put it, even though it had such a profound effect on me, but it was something like the like the progress or the success in things happens when you do them for a long time. Or like you learn so much when you just do something for a long time and without wavering away from it. And I think that piece of advice, if I'd been given it 10 years ago, would have really helped. Yeah. Because most of my frustrations, I think, in my life have come from stopping doing something too soon, judging something too soon. Well, this is just the state of the world. You say, okay what's everyone doing and how can I do the opposite? So everyone is currently like running around fragmented, doing every, trying to do everything at once, tiny attention span. So if you go, okay, well, what's the opposite? Pick a thing and go off grid and just do it for years. Yeah. You'll end up being very successful just because it's such an untrodden path. So I suppose actually like my billboard would be something that Ben Harrison told me, which was along the same lines let the small fires burn. Yeah. Cause trying to run around putting out little fires takes up so much energy. And if you just let them burn, like they'll burn themselves out. Yeah. And it allows you to focus on one big fire. Thing. Get your hose pipe the, out. Yeah. <laughs> like the, what you learn about trying to put out the same fire is all the intricacies of that fire. Like you learn all the little wrinkles and details and like you make one tiny change and it has a huge asymmetric result because you've just done one thing for a very, very long time. So it's an electrical fire and you go, oh, actually, I need to use the category C extinguisher with the powder and the whatever rather than the foam. Not, yeah. Or the water. Is it you don't use... To be honest, I don't know. <laughs> you don't put water on a pan fire. I know that. Have you ever met a fire safety wet, officer? Wet cloth. Yes. They love their jobs. They're so inspirational because yeah. they absolutely love fires. Well, extinguishing fires. Yeah. I once I had to walk around a chemical plant as an auditor with a guy who was a very animated fire officer who was really Always are. like like he was like and, and if you come up to the door and it doesn't open you bang you put all the force all the force through like lean into it. Yeah. it's just so hard not to laugh but you think if I laugh like this guy's taking this really seriously yeah. so I kind of he deserves like the respect like he thinks it's serious I should think it's serious I, I remember in, in med school we had a rotation in a mental hospital in a, like a psychiatric hospital sorry psychiatric hospital that's a very <laughs> very un-PC of me um, and the it was we were slotted for a 10 minute talk from a fire safety officer and it lasted 90 minutes because oh my god <laughs> <laughs> and it 
and he was like, oh, sorry, guys, I've gone on a bit, but, you know, I just... And he, he was talking us through, like, the different types of um, plastic boxes that go around wires, you know, like a, when you're in, like, a, a hospital building or, like, a, you know, a kind of industrial building, and there's there's wires that are boxed in with different types of material. And he was talking us through, like, the decision behind the thickness of the the boxing in and... um like the the stuff that goes around the door, like what kind of sealant you use, and the the trouble with that is like having a ninety minute talk, even though that's a lot of time. If there's a fire, you just haven't had enough exposure to that information to remember any of it, and like at that point, it just becomes maximum effort get out of building, doesn't yep. it? At all costs, <laughs> optimize for get out of building. <laughs> And you forget like what the guy said about the handle on the door and the only push the handle this way and, and do this and then contact a member of staff and put your yellow high-vis jacket on and put the helmet on and then follow the, the white line on the ground. You just think, fuck this, I'm going out the window. <laughs> like, I need to get out of the building because just instincts kick in. And that's the thing I've never understood about fire training. Like the fire officers, the, the people who are trained in it, it's second nature to them. But everybody else has had, as you say, like the pamphlet and the 10-minute talk. So you forget about it. Yeah. There's many, I mean, first aid or if you're in a plane and they say, oh, like, put your head between your legs and then blow the little whistle on your thing, but don't do it until you get out of the plane. But don't inflate your life jacket until <laughs> you get out of the plane. There's everyone in the cabin. Just... <laughs> God. Um, yeah. I can't imagine being in a situation like that. It must be terrifying. What's the best or most worthwhile investment you've ever made? So I, I tweeted about this yesterday. And I said, if you haven't invested in your business, you deserve the amount of growth that you're getting. And a few people were like, oh, this, this got me good. Or this, this triggered me because like, we all know it's true. Like the whole, and, and someone, a, a financial advisor actually responded saying, well, you don't get return without investment. ROI is return on the investment. On investment. So yeah. if it's zero, then there's no, oh God, yeah, like it's yeah. name. Um, and we have spent, I think I counted 65 grand on mentorships and and kind of um, information products and that kind of thing over the years. That's not including ad spend, obviously. Um, and well, that, I mean, that alone will be approaching 500K or something, like. Yeah. So. Five million quid. So the. <laughs> But <laughs> isn't it weird? Like, who'd have thought that we'd have paid Zuckerberg five hundred k? But yeah, so the whole thing was that every every penny of that investment in the business has been worthwhile. So I think I actually stole your tweet and posted it on LinkedIn. Did you? Yeah, it did really well actually. Um, That's but it was, was it the one about like stay stupid and um, was that what it was? No, <laughs> it was only yesterday. But all <laughs> oh, right, okay. So I think there was one when you truly accept that other people are smarter than you, it will liberate you, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Yeah. Um, so I, I added a little bit into it, saying like the if you're if you try and like improve something just through energy and time that that feels like the right thing to do because like I have my money that I keep safe 
and instead I'm going to put in my energy and time, which feels like the safe route, but you're you're constrained by twenty four hours. Yeah, like your hours, one of your hours, and then your ability to deploy your energy across that time. And so, like, the thing we've realized from even just having a team, like employing people, suddenly you have eight hours of someone else's time and then their thoughts and their interpretation of things and what they're able to put into it. And so it it grows exponentially quickly. It's not linear. Like, if you add on another person, it's not like, oh, one more person equals slightly better. It's one more person equals completely different other people plane. are amazing <laughs> <laughs> like when you meet someone who has had a complete different set of experiences and expertise and what you're ta- like you're talking to someone who has got 20 years of time and energy and deployment of their energy in that you know in a a route that you've barely touched and talking to them you're like whoa like this is a, a complete gold mine of stuff that i've not even and now like we have access to that every day from listening to the Propane Business podcast. Like you, you, you're getting access to to our experience and and brains and ad testing and all that stuff. Any book from anyone with with experience in something like you, it's it is incredible. It's the like if you if you speak to someone who's been doing something at a reasonable level for five years, let's say, like. They've had they're five years ahead of you at least in that thing, and then they say, "Oh well, my coaching's ten grand," and you think like, "Oh god, that's, um, there's no way I'm paying ten grand." Like actually, it's a steal when you really think about it. It is. That, I mean, to access five years of someone, the right people, of course, but to access like five years of someone's detailed experience, so that you can jump on a call with them and ask them a question, and they give you an answer that's come from five years of experimentation and and cost and spend and mistakes to save you five years of time. I know we talk about this all the time. Well, like hire a coach, pay money but, for coaching. But funnily enough, the, the responses to that tweet yesterday of the invest in your business, a lot of people's feedback was, they said, I'm constrained by knowing who to trust, like knowing who to pick. And this is a, this is a problem in the, in the market right now, because the, he who shouts loudest wins in, in a lot of industries and so actually, how do you select someone that you know has a good track record and isn't just given it the big in? Yeah, it's difficult. I think, I think, for example, if you were learning, if you wanted to know like how to grow an online fitness business, you know, as an example, pick the guy who has actually run an online fitness business. That's probably a good place to start rather than yeah. the six-figure fit pro kind of people that have no evidence of one themselves it might be fine it's pretty rare to like i'm just thinking back over all the people we've bought from like the people who were most helpful i think had a really robust understanding of the thing they were teaching and i think it's very rare to see someone who like if any if you're ever watching a sales material from someone and they, they spend a lot of time dancing around the details and can't explain something from like a first principles basis or like even run through an example with you. And instead they default to like journaling and meditation and all that bollocks. Well, they're spending like, too long picking pain points in, in the webinar or something. Yeah. Like, cause I, I think like if someone says, and this is what I like, people say to me, like, Oh, such and such says, um, I can make 10 grand a month with my, I was like, okay, may, maybe he can teach you that, but just go and ask for a like week by week, 
numerical breakdown of how that works. And like when there's assumptions made, ask where the information for the assumptions has come from. Because like in the real world, if you hire a consultant in a business and they go, like, oh, I can double your revenue. Like, okay, can you, would you mind explaining how? Like, yeah, yeah, no problem. We'll run the following, like the following strategies. It'll change this number, this number, this number. Here's our modeling. Here's our, well, yeah. this is the way that an angel investor might approach a, or m- might, might question a business that's approached them saying, Hey, mm-hmm. here's the business model. Here are the projections. Will you invest? Yeah. Cool. And I think is just finally, I think when something sounds, when something sounds too good to be true and you have to just put a lot of belief in something, probably it's good marketing. When something sounds like logical and makes sense and resonates with you and you're like, yeah, that's kind of, I always kind of suspected it would be like that. That's probably not good marketing. <laughs> that's probably someone just telling you the truth. Because if something doesn't sound like super sexy and someone's like, well, look, it's a lot of hard work and it's probably going to take a couple of years. Like the person's not trying to pull the wool over your eyes because that's not, no one wants lots of work, lots of time. People want no work, no time, <laughs> free, right? So if, if anytime, anytime someone's, it sounds like a bit shit, it's probably right. <laughs> Next question. Well, I tell you what, why don't we do a two um, Two parts, yeah. Let's do it. Um, okay. So we've done there we go. Do you want to do, if you wrap it up there, and we'll do another yeah. one. Another time. Um, that's questions the one. The thing that's me. most exciting about the second part of this is what is Yusuf's answer to number nine? It's crazy. You like, will not believe I couldn't believe it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then. But then um, I suppose. The, the world was shocked at Johnny's answer to number 11. It, you better catch it before it gets banned. <laughs> <laughs> it's what you said, though. Like, I know, I know, it's my number eleven. But the thing you said about you know the secret that doctors don't want anyone to know about in the ten. Yeah, doctors hated Yusuf for <laughs> revealing this three-step secret. <laughs> so we'll catch you in the next episode. Yes, we will. Want to learn more about the systems we use to run, build, and scale propanefitness.com? Head over to propanefitness.com forward slash business podcast and you can get your hands on our free training that covers the seven steps that we take with every client that we help build their own online business and also the seven steps that we use to successfully build Propane Fitness. We walk through the sales systems, the delivery systems, follow-up, remarketing, how to basically build your program so that it delivers coaching to your clients without you being there 24-7. We really do cover the full thing, right? And if you want to continue even further and potentially work with us, there's a chance to book in a call to have an informal chat with Yusuf or I to just basically see if any of our programs would be a fit to help you get from where you are to where you want to get to. So go to propanefitness.com forward slash business podcast today and get access to that. If you'd like to learn just more about Yusuf and I, more about us, what we do, follow us on the various channels. The best place to go is our YouTube channel. We have a load of stuff from fitness content, productivity content, why Yusuf slept on the floor for several months, why he's been having cold showers. There's always stuff on there that's entertaining and hopefully informative. So just go to YouTube, search for Propane Fitness, and you can find out a bit more about us there as well. Speak to you on the next episode.